Hi, Caleb. Hey, Mike. How's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you doing? Doing well. I've got a nice little Sazerac here, classic, uh, classic drink. So I'm excited to be enjoying that on this warm evening. Always a good selection. What do you have? I am drinking a drink called A Little Bit Country. I happen to have a um, fresh lemon and fresh jalapeno here, and this involves some some muddling of the jalapeno. So I went, ah. I went with that. It's not topical. I've kind of broken with that, but it's tasty. So that counts. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I think I've repeated myself now with this Sazerac. I'm pretty sure you've done the Sazerac before, but if, if there's any drink you can be forgiven for repeating, it's that one. All right, great. <laughs> so say we all. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, what I, I'd like to talk about the sun today. All right. There's a lot going on with Tesla and Solar City, and uh, this how do how do we get the electrons into the Teslas and possible corporate synergies? And I was wondering if you could catch us up on what's been going on with that. Yeah, so this is a, a pretty topical and timely episode because just this week, well, I guess last week, as as this episode's released. Tesla has indicated they are interested in buying Solar City, and they, you know, the final price is still to be decided. And there's some peculiarities about the process which we can get into, but it will probably end up being, if the deal happens, for about three billion dollars, but all stock. So all the Solar City shareholders would be converted into Tesla shareholders, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought we could talk a little bit, I guess, about Solar City and like what it is for folks who aren't super familiar and why Tesla is interested in in buying it. Yeah, let's 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 dive in right there because I am not all that familiar with Solar City, so maybe you can explain what Solar City is and what their connection to Tesla is. Yeah, so Solar City is a company that installs and now even manufactures solar panels primarily in residences. Uh, but they also have a commercial unit. So if you're a homeowner in around 14 or 15 states in the U.S., uh, which they serve, and you want solar panels on your roof, you can go to Solar City, and they will help you create a, a solar array for your home. They will figure out the pricing for it and install it on your roof, and then um, you'll have solar energy. The really interesting thing for Solar City, though, is that they actually pioneered this concept of uh, leasing the solar panels and this really special financing system. Because before Solar City existed, if you wanted solar on your home, you would need to have the cash or uh, some way to get the money to pay for solar panels and the installation. And for a solar panel installation on a normal U.S. home could be anywhere between thirty and $60,000. So most people don't have that kind of cash laying around. <laughs> and so while having solar panels would reduce your energy cost to extremely low, sometimes zero, the upfront cost was too much for people. So Solar City came with a solution to that problem where they would actually finance the panels and the installation and make a deal to basically own those panels on your roof for 20 to 30 years. And you as the consumer would get a very low price of electricity from those solar panels. And so Solar City becomes your energy company. So instead of paying uh, your local uh, utility, you now pay a monthly fee to Solar City, which is lower uh, in most cases. And also now you're generating clean, renewable energy. 
And the funny thing is, and the sort of ironic and mastermind thing about this is Elon Musk is the one who actually came up with the concept for Solar City. And the people he tapped to create Solar City are his cousins. And so his <laughs> cousins run Solar City. Elon Musk helped fund it, helped create it. He is the chairman of the board and he owns 25% of Solar City. Uh, they've been in business since 2006, so just about 10 years. And they have about about $400 million a year in revenue. They're a pretty big team size. They're 13,000 employees because they employ a ton of people who do the installation. So there's solar city vans rolling around lots of states going and doing the installation. And they're the biggest installer of solar in the U.S. Uh, at 37% of residential solar projects are our Tesla are solar city projects. So really, really large uh, solar installer because they were able to bring the price down to zero essentially for most people because that, that upfront cost was the biggest um, limiting factor. So while the price of solar panels has continued to decrease over time, it still isn't anywhere near the price point that most people can afford. Um, and so it's really, really critical to have this business model innovation of uh, allowing Solar City to essentially um, sell the panels and the rights to that electricity to a financer, and they make uh, a slim margin on the on the on sort of the delta between how much their cost of capital is, so how much it costs them to get these loans to install the panels, and their ability to uh, charge the consumers a price for the electricity itself. Interesting. Um, so these are, and just to, to clarify, these are uh, photovoltaic. Like these are actually uh, panels that are converting sunlight directly into electricity rather than um, you'll see some places that have solar installations that are actually heating water um, to do various things. And these, the Solar City only deals in the ones that go directly to electricity. Is that correct? Yep, exactly. So there, as you mentioned, there's a bunch of different types of solar panels. There's passive solar that's been around for, for decades in, in um, people's homes that might have used to heat water for their, for their um, hot water usage. There's the photovoltaics that directly convert solar energy heat into electricity. Then there are those um, collector types that basically capture the heat energy and then will heat some liquid, which then can turn a turbine. And so... Solar City is focused on these electrovoltaics, so the the a, a very scaled up version of what you might see in a solar calculator. <laughs> Those that sort of technology, but uh, much more modern and and on your roof. And so yeah, they they do those panels on people's roofs, and they do them on the roofs of large buildings as well, from big installations on eBay to stuff for the government to now even doing <laughs> uh, really big ones on the roofs of uh, auto dealers. Uh, yeah, and to clarify, you mean they're not selling them on eBay? They actually put photovoltaic cells on the top of ebay headquarters in san jose yes exactly yep <laughs> not selling them on ebay they they've uh they sort of out, outpaced that that market and uh and car dealers the, the you're talking about the um british motor company i think it's called on on van ness here in, in san francisco where they've actually outfitted the entire top of the roof with uh with solar cells yeah and what's really uh, another turn funny turn of events that is now going to be a tesla dealership in, in the next year or so. So it went from being a super high-end uh, vehicle uh, combustion cars to now being a Tesla dealership in Van Ness where there's other, not, not too many car dealerships in San Francisco and, and that's sort of the main area for it. Um, 
So just just to give people a sense of where solar is at as an orientation, so Solar City has deployed 2.2 gigawatts of uh, solar uh, on all of their the roofs, basically. So to put that in context, solar deployment around the world globally for all manufacturers is about 180 gigawatts. So uh, a little bit less than w- about what is that one uh, percent of all solar is solar city and another fun one is that one percent of all global energy is solar right now ah that was going to be my next question you beat me to it (laughs) yes i got it and the top solar countries are china germany japan and the united states italy's number five we're behind germany we're behind germany in total deployment yeah Wow, seems like we would have much more sun opportunity, I guess, if to, to coin a phrase, than Germany would. Yeah, what's interesting is that the uh, the sun is one component of it, right? But then, th- what it's compared against in terms of the cost of electricity is the second component. So, you know, in the equation of of does solar make sense, total th- like solar. Um, uh, fall on a particular square meter of land is really important. But if your electricity generation is particularly expensive, uh, then solar makes more sense. And in Germany, it made a lot of sense. And um, in Japan, it makes a lot of sense because they have to uh, use boats to bring in fuel for um, their their power plants. And a really good example in the United States is Hawaii. So Hawaii has the most solar deployment uh, in the United States and partly because uh, Hawaii has a lot of sun, but also because Hawaii has the highest average cost for electricity generation in the entire United States. So their cost per uh, kilowatt hour is 37 cents for regular electricity generation um, because they have to bring in all the fuel on, on boats. And so in that equation, solar makes a lot of sense because it's cheaper than that price. Uh, and so solar is is super hugely deployed across Hawaii. And then you look at something like Louisiana, where the price of electricity is extremely low at eight cents. And solar is very, uh, even though it's a pretty sunny area, solar is not very highly deployed because it's very difficult to beat that price right now of eight cents uh, per kilowatt hour. So what is the um, what does the trend line look like for solar power like how is it is it, i'm assuming it's becoming more competitive over time is that is that right yeah so solar is is interesting in that um it is decreasing in price each year and similar actually to the curve for battery density that we've been talking about a lot in tesla's case where electric cars didn't make sense 20 years ago they started to make sense 10 years ago and in only the past few years is it really starting to be economical for more people to buy electric cars solar panels have had a similar exponential decrease in cost and therefore uh, exponential increase in deployments uh, and so something like solar city is somewhere between 17 cents per kilowatt hour and i've seen reports as low as six cents so within that range you can see how for some states it already makes sense uh, many places in many parts of California uh, solar panels through solar city would would save you money but if you were in Alaska solar panels would not yet save you money and so what's interesting is the the cost of it is 
more than just the panels, the same way that the cost of a car, a Tesla, is is more than just the cost of the actual uh, batteries. And so it's an important component, uh, the actual price of the panels. The other big piece is the the actual efficiency of the panels and then the cost of installation and then the cost of maintenance. But to your, to your first sort of question, like some of the best estimates out there think that uh, the price will get down to four or six, four to six cents per kilowatt hour by 2025, and then reaching two to four cents by 2050. So uh, at two to four cents, it, it absolutely beats coal anywhere. So the predictions are that by by the 2050 time range, it will most definitely be cheaper than coal anywhere, and and that is when it tips to pretty much everything being solar panels. And when, when you're talking about the uh, increasing efficiency, uh, you're talking about how the panels that are being installed are constantly improving? Yeah. Okay, so like when you talk about uh, Solar City funding things for your house on a 20 or 30 year horizon, how does that, like, are you going to be stuck with antiquated technology for like 15 of those 20 years? Or do they have some sort of program where they will upgrade you to the more efficient panels as they become available? Like, how, how does that work? Yeah, so you actually sign a contract with SolarCity for what your planned price for electricity will be, either now and lock it in, or it will have some slight escalation each year. And so what people are doing is basically hedging that the price of electricity in their market is going to keep going up, which it has for the past 50 years. And saying, I want to start at a lower baseline and either lock in my price or uh, it'll slightly increase. And so then the consumer is picking a price um, of electricity. And and in their lifetime and in that 30 years, it most likely will be the case that uh, the solar, the deal they make will still be cheaper than what their open market rate for electricity would be. So that seems fine. And I think that model works. And then from SolarCity's point of view, depending on when the price of their panels keeps decreasing and the efficiency, they can make the choice whether or not to switch out the panels to something higher efficiency. So then they could have, you know, a higher margin. Um, So if they were able to put in panels that reduce the price of generation by 50%, they wouldn't be under an obligation to pass that on to that customer. And so that's how they could make more profit. So they could go in and replace the panels. They haven't seemed to have done that yet. If they break, they'll fix them, obviously. So similar to the way that a Tesla, you buy the Tesla and it may not improve over time, but future customers will certainly benefit from that better technology. But yeah, the, the lifespan is certainly much longer than for a Tesla where these are 20-year to 30-year commitments um, for the consumer. Yeah, it's interesting to talk about those long time horizons with technology that's evolving so quickly. Yeah, and and certainly what's interesting is that it's certainly possible that if the grid goes to being so much more um, cost efficient that the price of electricity could stabilize. Like in California, electricity prices just keep going up. But if we really got renewables under control and into the into the grid at like reasonable cost, then uh, electricity costs may stabilize. But Generally, the demand for electricity keeps increasing, far outpacing uh, the decreases in generation cost. And so um, the, the, the required increase in capacity leads to higher and higher prices. So I think that it's certainly intriguing, but similar to like the technology of building homes, like 
even though it is getting slightly more efficient to build homes, the price of your like you don't you don't fix your home uh, and you don't like rewire your home very often. So I think their their bet is like, well, most people are used to paying a monthly bill and they don't like that it usually goes up. And so don't worry, you know, it's clean electricity, there's solar panels, but you don't have to worry about the technology. We'll just take care of it. And I think that's a really interesting model because you don't have to worry too much about what the current technology is or feeling like, oh, I just spent 30000 on on panels and now the next year I could have spent 20000 You just worry about, wow, my bill's cheaper than it would have been. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, and so how do they deal with, uh, like, do they, one of the problems with, with paying just your electric utility is that the power costs are variable. Like during the middle of the day when everyone is trying to run their air conditioners and all their equipment, electricity costs a lot more than it does in the middle of the night, which is part of the logic behind charging a, an electric car at night because it's cheaper. But how does does having solar panels through Solar City does that smooth that out where you're paying the same rate for your electricity and you're not at the whim of, of uh, demand outside of your home? Yeah, so they have different systems where they will sometimes not be able to meet your full energy needs. So your roof might not be large enough to accommodate your electricity usage. So if you have a tall house, for instance, and not much uh, sun-facing roofage, then you may only be able to reduce, you know, pay for your electricity for like 50% or something um, with solar. Or if you have too many of those skylights installed. Yeah, too, yeah, exactly. Too many skylights. There's lots of reasons why your home may not have enough surface area for solar panels. All skylights and chimneys. Yeah, skylights, chimneys, and and uh, a really high uh, latitude would be bad. Um, and so you will get a, a fixed price for for the electricity that's coming from the solar city panels, and then you would still be subject to those rate changes. But one of the interesting bits is that in some states, you can actually sell the electricity you don't use during the day from your solar panels back to the grid, and it's called net metering. So you basically get a credit for those uh, kilowatt hours that you contributed back to the grid, which then roll over like this old singular and AT&T plans. Um, <laughs> and so those rollover uh, kilowatt hours then can be used later by you at a different time, like at night when the solar panels aren't actually running uh, or generating electricity rather. But what's interesting is that more and more states are actually clamping down on that because the energy companies don't like it because they don't they don't want there to be a distributed energy network. And they also, there's a lot of fixed costs in doing uh, electricity generation. And so they foresee if a lot of people are doing generation at their home, they won't have high enough bills to pay for these fixed costs. So they're now charging fees to even connect to the grid per month. So even if you're not using electricity, you might be paying 30 or $40 a month just for being connected. And so that's why Tesla is really interested to jump ahead a bit that a lot of solar city installations are now using the power wall, which is a battery pack to charge the the battery uh, in your home so that uh, you could be fully off grid um, and, and actually use that solar energy at night when the sun isn't shining. That's pretty cool. That, that is a, uh, yeah, that, that seems like where the obvious synergy comes into play. Cause for most people, even if you have a Tesla car, it's probably out during the day. You're probably out working to, to pay for your Tesla lease uh, or Tesla loan payment. And yeah, so you're not, taking advantage of that solar power that's raining down during the day. But if you have a power wall where you're storing all that electricity that you're generating during the day, and then you can just deplete that at night, then that becomes pretty interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, and so getting into why Tesla wants to buy SolarCity, we'll go through the reasons like Tesla has said they want it. And then they had a conference call where Elon Musk really went into detail about it. So some of the top level things are Tesla says, we want to be a vertically integrated energy company. So basically thinking about, okay, we have the car, which needs renewable energy to run well and really fulfill its mission. Uh, They've already started doing the battery packs for the home and commercial. But where are those electrons that are going into the batteries going to come from? And, you know, they've sort of said, well, they're coming from the grid and the grid is as clean as your grid is. So if they really want to be fulfilling their mission of advancing sustainable transport, the sustainable part of that has to be where do these electrons come from? And Elon Musk has said over and over he believes that solar power is the is sort of going to be the predominant uh, energy generation source for the for the planet, and so having and owning a company that both creates those solar panels, manufactures them, uh, sells them to customers, installs them with their own employees, and manages that network, that's number one. Is like an integrated company, energy company. The other is expanding the market. I mean, selling cars is a huge market, but now also getting into the energy market, the, the, the biggest market in the world, that's pretty amazing. And, and so they, they see that as, you know, our, our total addressable market now is huge. And um, so that's, that's another one. And then the other real big reason is that as they've been doing the power walls and uh, other battery systems, they've realized they really want to control the entire experience and integrating with third-party uh, solar panel systems has been really difficult. And so they want that to be one cohesive Apple-style experience where <laughs> you have the Tesla car and then you have the Tesla battery and the Tesla solar panels and you're living the Tesla energy lifestyle. And it just works. It just works. Um, and so when the deal was announced, people were extremely concerned about it. Um, but they had a they had a conference call, and this is the thing I found really interesting because it really dug into what Elon has been thinking. Because this is clearly an Elon decision; it's not a purely financial decision. This really does seem like a sort of fitting these massive pieces together. This is a, a strategical, yeah, move a definitely here. sort of strategical thing. And he sort of said, you know, maybe we should have done this a lot sooner, but it just seems so obvious. Um, he. The, the quote that he had mentioned on the call and when I was listening to it that ke- he kept saying was, it just seems like a no-brainer. And so the big one was like just such a huge market that only like 1% of homes even have, in the U.S., have solar panels. So he thinks that pretty much everyone, most major, most homes in the U.S. could benefit from solar panels, especially as they keep getting more and more efficient. You know, those zones that typically wouldn't be good today could be good in the future. Yeah, and I, I find it fascinating how it's sort of a, I mean, I guess to raise the buzzword bingo stakes a little more here, I'm going to see your synergy and, and raise you a paradigm shift. And it, it's interesting how uh, the idea of generating power or buying power represents this like philosophical paradigm shift where historically no one really generates their own power. It's something that you you, you pay a fee to a utility and it comes into your home and this idea, I mean, people will generate their own heat, but electricity, definitely not. And this idea of, of generating your own electricity or even selling it back to the utility as well, if you're generating too much, that's a, a really big uh, philosophical change for people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
you know, we used to generate our own electricity uh, and businesses did with the invention of uh, the, the water wheel. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. You know, so many people orienting their homes and businesses around rivers um, when electricity generation was something you did on your own property um, before <laughs> the grid was invented. Or uh, when, when Kimmy Schmidt is in the bunker turning the crank. Yeah, t- turning the crank, riding the bicycles. <laughs> and so the prospect of building, you know, all these little combustion engine uh, generators in people's homes didn't ever really make sense. But clean uh, solar panels that use the same space that the roof is using that isn't really uh, very much usable space anyways is, is really a big shift and something that if it's cheaper more people will just do it i mean the path to having sustainable energy is not forcing it down people's throats but making it cheaper than the alternatives and what's really interesting is that the cost curve there is getting cheaper and cheaper and so it does seem very plausible and likely that solar panels will be cheaper than almost every other man, uh, point of manufacturing of of uh, of electricity and so you know there's new rules in san francisco where new homes and buildings have to have solar panels and more and more states and more and more countries are demanding that new construction have solar panels and even if it can accommodate all the electricity usage, it's really how solar panels will, will start being generated and, and sort of propagated. Yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see as they get less and less expensive and easier and easier to install that they almost take over what we use shingles for now, where you, especially where you see people now painting their roofs white and using white shingles instead of the more traditional black shingles that you see because the white reflects the energy and you're actually like trying to get rid of this free energy that's coming into your house because it's making your house too hot. Yeah. And what's interesting, you bring up a great point is one of the things that uh, Elon really harped on, like one of the things I wasn't anticipating when I went into the, the conference call was how much he was harping on. He thinks that the next generation of solar panels that uh, Solar City's working on, which he's privy to because he's the chairman, but he wouldn't describe the specifics because it's not public yet is he believes very strongly that the next generation will make people's roofs look better that the aesthetics of solar panels t- currently are really crappy in his mind and they're an eyesore on a lot of people's homes and that he thinks that people will want to have solar panels on their roof aesthetically based on these new designs that they're working on and that it will increase people's home value just because it makes their home look better and that uh, I, that was, kind of, I was not expect, I was not expecting that. Um, <laughs> well, that's a pretty low bar though. I mean, I guess anything that makes them more integrated to the roof would be good because now they're almost always these like giant things that are propped up and sticking like on top of your roof. It kind of looks like some sort of alien ship just landed on your roof. And, and some of them are, are, are motorized too. So they like track the sun during the day too. And they end up looking like this huge doc Brown contraption on, on the top of your roof. Yeah, I mean, he was saying, like, uh, uh, I quote, like, I think there's a quite a radical difference between having solar panels on your roof that make your house look better versus ones that do not. We can't disclose the details of those because making future product announcements that are really exciting obviously affect our current product sales. (laughs) I'm really curious now to see what that looks like, because Tesla did some interesting stuff with those home battery packs. If you look at what those home battery packs used to look like and then you look at the power wall. It's a totally different, like one looked like a refrigerator and one looks like a, a spaceship style, 
you know, thing mounted to your wall that's super smooth <laughs> and curvaceous. So I think it looks like one of those tool things that you put on top of your car for luggage and skis, but like mounted to your wall. Yeah, exactly. So one of the other big ones was um, that he was hitting on was the technology uh, integration. So as they've been building the power wall, they've been trying to figure out how to integrate with other solar panel systems because they need something to charge. And so those oftentimes they have to put the inverters for the high voltage to the low volt to the DC AC conversion stepping uh, electronics for the different voltages. And as they've been doing that, they found they have to replicate a lot of the components that are in solar installation already. And that to work well with different solar panels, it's been a lot of, a lot of effort and a lot of duplicated work and they can't build the solution they want. And so because of sort of the legal struggles of Elon being the CEO of Tesla and the chairman of, of Solar City, they can't do special agreements because it has um, legal ramifications for basically cutting too good of a deal uh, and sort of uh, conflict of interest. So he was like, if we just combine the companies, we can build the product we want and we can save a lot of costs because you don't have to have all these duplicated electronics if you want to have solar panels and power walls. And most solar installations should have battery backup. And so Tesla is already selling those, so they should do it together. And that the, if you go out and need your solar panels installed by one company, you need another electrician to come in and install the power wall. And then you need another electrician to come in and install your plug for your Tesla. Now you can have one visit, get your, your solar panels installed, the battery pack installed, and the new plug installed for your Tesla all in one stop, all with one point of contact. So also from a customer experience point of view and customer support, they now will have the ability to service all these customers. And, oh, by the way, all those great Tesla stores they have around the country now and across the world will now be able to sell these $35,000 solar panel installations. So they'll sell you the $35,000 Model 3 and then also sell you a $35,000 model, you know, uh, you know, Tesla solar Installation. The Model 3 Sun Kit. Yeah, the Sun Kit. And uh, so with the same salesperson and the same square footage, they'll be able to double potentially their sales uh, per square foot, which brings the cost of sales, which is one of the really big problems and why, why Solar City is not profitable right now, is the cost of sales. So he really feels like the cost of sales coming down is going to be a benefit to both companies. And so those were some of the big things that, that stuck out on the call was just like, why he thinks it's such a, a no-brainer is that from a product point of view, it makes a lot of sense that the market is gigantic, that Tesla should be, have a contribution here. They've already been converging and they just need to be able to be the same company. But uh, the market didn't seem to agree. Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe you can dig in a little bit here as to like kind of just give us a brief summary as to like where do things stand now, now that you've sort of laid the foundation and, and explained all the backstory here. Like what's the current uh, state of things as we're, as we're recording this? Yeah. So the stock, uh, the Tesla stock went down 10% after the announcement and it's still down a few, uh, still down quite a bit from the announcement. Uh, Solar City shares shot up, um, which would be expected because they offered a premium. Um, but there have been certainly a lot more articles about how it's a terrible idea from Wall Street analysts and uh, the general media than it being a good idea. And uh, so most people are not on board with it in the public. Um, a One of the challenges is that even though Tesla and Elon Musk own 
Elon Musk uh, and and the uh, current owners of Solar City own so many shares. They're recusing themselves because of conflict of interest, so they're not going to vote on the deal. And uh, there's so much conflict of interest that uh, only like one or two, well, two or three people on the Solar City board are even going to vote on this. Um, this is to decide whether or not to allow the the purchase to go through or the exactly. merger. Exactly. Yeah. So usually these deals don't even get announced until they've been approved by both both board of directors. Yeah. But because Elon owns these shares and some special securities and um, uh, security exchange commission rules. Elon had to announce that he was possibly going to have selling this many shares. And as a result, they had to announce in advance that they wanted to buy SolarCity. And so it's going to be a little bit messier and longer process. But the big thing comes down to Wall Street analysts were harping him on the call about it being such a short, um, that, that SolarCity is not profitable. It's burning cash. Uh, Tesla is not profitable. So why would you bring two unprofitable companies together adding 12,000 employees to your employee base and you should be focusing all of your energy on the Model 3. What are you doing wanting to bring in Solar City and this crazy amount of new complexity to this business when it's already in question whether or not you can deliver the Model 3? So te- stock analysts were not happy. They weren't happy with the amount of information they shared because they didn't tell them how much return on investment they'd see in the short term. And Elon just seemed quite perturbed on the call that people didn't get it. So it it's not clear what's going to happen. Um, some some analysts are saying it's not it's they're pegging it at twenty to thirty percent chance that it goes through. So this is certainly not a, a go through. But apparently, some of the largest shareholders of Tesla who are voting on it, not the people who shorted the stock, but the people who actually own it, do seem to think it's a good idea. So and. Solar City is a, a public company too. You were mentioning, right? So, do there is there any short sort of shareholder consensus on on their end? So the board has to approve it first, and then the uh, the shareholders of um, of both companies will have to vote on it. So, yeah, there's going to be some more voting. So it'll probably be a few months before we even know what happens uh, from from the from the point people listen to this. It will still be a few months. Um, obviously, there'll be a little bit more information when when and if Solar City. Ap- board approves the the takeover and then those shareholders will vote on whether or not to do it all right so it sounds like this was our uh, solar city tesla primer here and uh, we will follow up later when we find out what actually happens yeah i think in closing um as i as i've been doing more research on it i hadn't followed solar city too closely i do think it's a really good idea I think that the short-term implications for the return on investment might not be there. Uh, I don't think Solar City has already said that they'll be break-even in a few quarters, um, and so from Tesla's point of view, it won't be sucking cash out of the business. Um, so if anything, it's just neutral. And I do believe the argument that it will reduce the technical complexity of the solution that the Solar City is now manufacturing their own solar panels as well, and they have their own factory that will produce a gigawatt of uh, <laughs> of energy with solar panels. Too bad the name Gigafactory is already taken. I think they'll just have different gigafactories producing different things. But yeah, like the expertise in manufacturing that Tesla is pursuing um, clearly would be widely applicable to solar panels. The core benefits and values of the company are extremely similar. The technical prowess of Tesla coming together with SolarCity's distribution center and distribution model makes a lot of sense. Most uh, Teslas should are financed 
and will be financed in the future. And uh, Solar City has really great relationships with a lot of banks for uh, financing. Uh, having one payment for your car and energy seems really intriguing and the market is just massive. Um, and so if Tesla can accelerate uh, more people having solar panels because they're also interested in the brand of Tesla in general, going into these stores with lots of foot traffic, I think it will turn out to be a great deal if it works out. Um, and and I definitely would um, support it from a product and I think eventually a financial point of view. But as long as it doesn't hurt the business in the short term, I think it will be a good a good thing for Tesla. So do I mean I not to dive back into the question here, but uh as you were saying that it made me wonder, especially as they're as they're rolling out this more mass market model three, how does the it seems like the number of people that would buy a thirty five thousand dollar car would be much greater than the number of people that would buy a $35,000 car and also want to do a major modification to a home and happen to own a home too. Like this, so this removes anyone who's like renting apartments and buying a model three. It's like, is that a large enough market to, to make it worthwhile? Well, I think that it, it certainly is more than 0% increase in, in, uh, solar cities prospects by having the Tesla brand, having the Tesla press, having Elon Musk be the CEO. And certainly some percentage of Model 3 owners will own a home. Some percentage of Model 3 owners will be interested in solar panels. And again, they won't be paying the $35,000. the same way in right. many in the U.S. You're not paying for your iPhone necessarily. You're paying an installment plan. Or most cars too. Yeah, and most cars. So I think a lot of, so I think what they'll basically do is pitch it as you're buying this car hey, we have these solar panels, you can charge your car with it and save even more money on your electric bill and have calculators of how much you'd save on your electric bill even. And so here's how much cheaper your car ownership will be. So even cheaper than what you'd have now. And we'll come out to your home and install them. And and I don't think, like, it's kind of hands off. If you own the home, they show up, they put them on the roof and they go away and you don't have to do anything. And I think they'll be able to build a really nice experience around that. And they clearly are, are they care about that service experience. So I, I think that if they, if they come in and say, we'll also save you $100 a month or $200 a month, that's a pretty great deal, especially if they cut that from the price of your car payment. So if you could have a $300 car, but if you get solar panels, it's only a $100 a month car payment, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So I think that's how they'll pitch it. They'll be saying, you know, your car payment would be $300, but if you get Tesla energy panels on your roof, it'll only be $100. And... We know how people don't always think about where money, like how, <laughs> they don't always think about how money actually works in their, in their monthly budget. So if you say, you know, save money on your electric bill might not matter as much to people, but saying your car payment's going to be $200 cheaper, uh, that is a huge thing. And it might get more demand for Model 3 because they have this new lever to subsidize the car payment. So I, th- I think that is huge, right? If you say, oh, I don't really care about the environment, um, <laughs> but I really want a cheaper car and I want a great car, then that's pretty, that'll be a really powerful motivator. And I haven't seen enough people talk about that, how they can basically repackage it as a cheaper financing option for the Model 3. Yeah, that is interesting. So, but a, as a Model 3 reservation holder, Tesla taking on this additional complexity doesn't concern you for your getting your initial run of the Model 3? Uh, not really. I feel like, um, I feel like they're sufficiently different tracks that 
it doesn't necessarily introduce risk into the Model 3 pipeline. It simply means that instead of going and being the chairman of SolarCity, Elon Musk will be able to exert more of his Elon Musk style on the, on the employees of, Tesla, uh, of, of SolarCity. And also, they'll be able to save money by reducing some of the staff uh, and efficiencies there. And I also think that one of the big challenges of, uh, of Tesla right now is servicing and how are they going to service all these people. And so having uh, all those Solar City employees who are installing uh, the panels today, being able to also install the plugs and potentially uh, service the vehicles and bring the, ser- the vehicles in for service for people would be really powerful and help them accelerate all these service centers they need by having those at all these uh, Solar City locations that the, the Solar City already owns um, and training those really qualified electricians on how to. Uh, potentially repair some of the Model S's and Model 3's. So, yeah, I just don't I just don't think it's as uh, crazy of a idea as a lot of people. I don't think it's as intense of a business um, from, like, a, a manufacturing point of view. And, yeah, I think it, it will bring even more great people to want to work at Tesla because it will seem more inevitable that they're doing really, really big things. Cool. So two thumbs up on the, uh, on the SolarCity merger. Yeah, I, I would say I am definitely, I am two thumbs up in the long arc of it. I think there will certainly be issues with it. I hope it goes through. Um, and uh, I think a lot of the people who are saying it's a bad idea have short positions in Tesla and Solar City. They want to see the stocks uh, go down. Um, two of the, they're two of the most shorted stocks on the market. And many of the people talking about it um, are again, confused by Elon's capability and ambition and are evaluating it purely on the past results of SolarCity and their financial results. And I just have a lot more confidence that um, the, uh, f- the fundamentals of the business are actually pretty good and the fundamentals of solar are actually really good. Um, so I think a lot of people are just missing that the same way they're missing it in Tesla. So it's not surprising. So it's a strong buy opportunity, although this does not constitute investment advice. It does not constitute investment advice, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade on this uh, right now. But um, I do think that uh, it, may, it if it goes through, it makes Tesla more valuable, not less. So at that at that very basic premise, like we just saw LinkedIn get purchased by Microsoft, and I think it's an okay deal, but it, it may <laughs> not turn out to be that amazing. Most companies that buy other companies of this size, it doesn't usually amount to much. This seems like it definitely fits. So I, I don't, I don't, I never saw Tesla as purely a, uh, a car manufacturing company. So yeah, it seems more offensive than defensive, I guess for, to, to boil it down. Yeah, I think it is offensive. And, and I think that, um, if you, if we look back and if it happens and, it, and we look back in 10 years, I think it will be cited as a very inexpensive purchase because $2 billion is not a very, I mean, it's two Instagrams for the biggest <laughs> solar panel installation company in the world. Two tumblers even. Yeah, two tum- so one Tumblr and one Instagram for 12,000 employees who know how to install solar panels and is the biggest, you know, 30% of all solar panels installed in the US are being installed by this company uh, of a market that's only 1%, but is going to probably go to 20 or 30%. Uh, that seems like a pretty good deal. Indeed. All right. Well, uh, where can people find us, Mike, if they want to give us their own thoughts on the deal uh, or otherwise? Any thoughts, any any solar corrections, any investment tips, uh, you can reach us on our subreddit at 
r slash the tesla show or on twitter at the tesla show i was gonna say dot com but that doesn't make any sense just at the tesla show yep or the tesla show.com exactly all right well talk to you soon mike and uh happy listening and drinking to everyone